You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Their fans are really So, um, yeah, I, I wanted to go back up there and I wanted to play them and I wanted to beat them and I wanted him to be there so you can see it. But the fact that he's gone now, you know, I mean, it's, it's cool. I guess it's better for him not to be here. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. The NFC North is not afraid anymore. You can cue up Macaulay Culkin yelling that out in Home Alone. I'm not afraid anymore because I think that's how the NFC North feels about the Green Bay Packers, which is a compliment before all every Packer fan gets in their feelings, is a compliment to the reign of Tara in the conference. The Green Bay Packers have rained down on most teams in the NFC North. I would say just offhandedly, just guessing, Packers by a landslide have the most NFC North titles or NFC Central titles since Favre and Rodgers, followed by the Vikings, then the Bears. And I would imagine that the lead over those other two teams are, you can combine everyone else in the North over that time, and they still won't have as many titles as the Green Bay Packers have had in the NFC North slash Central since Brett Favre arrived. And I think... And look, Jordan Love might restart the, the reign of terror. He might be the next superhero to play quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. But most realistically, he would be the next Ryan Tannehill, not the next Aaron Rodgers. And Ryan Tannehill is not inflicting terror into the hearts of teams across uh, the AFC South. I think that's where they play. So Matt Hamilton, Jim Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue. You know what to do. And that's Crush, a Coors Light. And we are live from the Everlight Solar Studio. I want to get into this right away. 4477-3776 is how you get into the show. Matt, my working theory, as we heard it in the open there, Justin Jones from the Chicago Bears took some shots at the Green Bay Packers. The comments are irrelevant in the idea of what he said. It doesn't really matter. He's not that I mean, he's a starter, but he might not even start the season as a starter. The Bears drafted two second round picks. Both those guys could be starters, and Justin could be a backup before the season even gets rolling. So that part doesn't matter. But for me, I think there's an air of Superman is dead. Or the, the, the Dragon Slayer is gone. There's nobody in the North. Now, this works in the Packers' favor. There's no Dragon Slayer or superhero yet in the North that the Packers would run into. So I'm not saying the Packers are in line for some sort of fall off and they're going to be terrible forever. What I am saying is... There's a vacuum of power right now and somebody is going to have to fill that void. And there's no terror. Nobody's afraid of the Green Bay Packers right now. I think... Well, there's no fear anywhere. Right. No but, one's afraid to go to, to Soldier. And I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but after 30 years of Lambeau being this place where... No, not Lambeau, because people could go on Lambeau well, and win. When I say Lambeau, I mean... Favre's house, Rogers' house. When you have to go there and you've got to play the Packers, or just in general, you play the Packers. I think in general, most people are chalking that up as an L or a coin flip in in previous seasons. Very rarely were the Packers looked at, especially in the North, by their opposing teams as a pushover game or a, a game that you're going to win. Yeah, and never. now, now I think most teams are pretty comfortable that they have feel like they have a pretty good shot coming into Green Bay. 
and playing the Packers. Nobody's and this is what I'm trying to get at. Nobody's afraid of playing the Green Bay Packers anymore. And that is a credit to Aaron Rodgers. Now, if you want to push back on me, think about how you felt as a Packer fan every single time you rolled out there with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. And that air of confidence that you had. I know that air of confidence because I grew up as a Chicago Bulls fan during the Michael Jordan era. I know that confidence of, and trust me, Jordan did it better than any other uh, player, at least for the Packers, has ever done it as far as owning the league. So I know it tenfold what it's like, that feeling of, oh man, we got this. And other teams being afraid of it. And there's a factor of it that when Chicago or Detroit or Minnesota, Matt, to your point, sees the Packers on the schedule and there's Aaron Rodgers, they might talk a little. They might try to hype themselves up. But they know in how they're coaching their football team and how they're approaching that game. Aaron could turn that game on a dime. You can't give Aaron an inch. You can't let Aaron do anything to gain confidence. You can't let the Packers get up. You can't let them hang around too much. You can't let Aaron score a fourth quarter touchdown if you're only up 14. Like Aaron was a superhero that could slay the hopes of a team winning really at almost any point in the game. Like That's the part, statistics and awards aside, that part has been in Green Bay really since Brett Favre. And we'll see what Jordan Love is, but right now, Nobody's like, oh, God, Green Bay is coming to town. And I'm talking fan base purposes. Like, in Chicago, fans, I guarantee you, because Aaron did own the Green Bay Packers, or excuse me, Aaron did own the Chicago Bears, that fans get nervous when Aaron starts making plays. Fans get quiet at Soldier Field when Aaron starts making plays because, oh, no, it's happening again. If the team gets behind 14 to the Packers when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, you're thinking we got to pack it in. That is not going to be the case this season. Maybe Jordan Love starts the new reign of terror. Maybe he's the next X-Men, the next great superhero quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. That'd be pretty cool. But until that's proven, there's no team in the NFC North that has that we can't beat them at their peak prime. Because like Chicago going to play Green Bay, even Chicago at their absolute best, could tell themselves we have to play a perfect game and we still might not win, depending on Aaron Rodgers. Right Now... We, you, any team, especially Detroit and Minnesota, let's make it about them because those are the teams I think are truly competing for the division title. Right. Those two teams can tell themselves, we go out there and play our football, we'll beat the Packers. Detroit did it in Lambeau with the game on the with the season on the line right. against Aaron Rodgers. Let alone, they're not going to be afraid this time around. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Jimmy, I, I I took a moment. I came up with the numbers for the NFC North. It's let's see, Favre took over in what. Uh, 2000, or excuse me, 1991? Yeah, that sounds about right. 91. So from 91 on, you have Detroit with two division championships, and that was in 91-93. You've got Minnesota with nine. You've got Chicago with five. Tampa Bay got one of those because they were still in the NFC North, or the NFC Central at the time. And then you have the Packers with 15. So in the last 32 years, the Packers have won 15 division titles. and So I was a little off because I thought if you added up everyone else, the Packers would, be would Packers have more. would have more. Yeah, I mean, and it's yeah, close. close. Like yeah, it's if close. you don't, if you started like when the Packers won their first with Favre, 
uh, there's four in there, so th- they would if you counted the first one. I was just starting at Favre's like absolute start of his career since we had a sure thing quarterback. Still, it's it's that just goes to show that this it, the Packers were the team to beat in the North. Like regardless of what happened the season prior, the Packers were still a team that was looked at as the team to beat. More than that, like this year, you'd say Detroit is a team to beat in the North. The Packers were. With Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, I still think you got to be the Vikings, just because they had the best record last year. But with well, that's not my point. Whatever okay. you want to say, all right. But with Rodgers and Favre, no matter what the Packers were rolling out there on the roster, you were thinking to yourself, the Packers, as a Packers fan, have a chance. Yes. And no matter what the game was, no matter what the Vikings were doing, no matter what the Bears were doing, I know when the Bears won the division four years ago, and Green Bay came, he went to Soldier Field. And Eddie Jackson picked off Aaron Rodgers to win that game late in the game. I didn't breathe a sigh of relief until Eddie Jackson made that interception of Aaron Rodgers to seal the division for the Chicago Bears because the Packers were making a playoff run at that point. Right. Like if they had won the last few games, in theory they could have gone to the playoffs. Now instead, that you know started the end of Mike McCarthy. Things went sideways, but that was late in the season. Right. And I was thinking, I don't want Green Bay to get into the playoffs. I want the Bears to end the Packers season, which ended. Eddie Jackson picked off Aaron Rodgers. Packers lose. That was the end of their season. And so, until that moment, until Freddie was dead, I was not breathing a sigh of relief. And what happened? Freddie came back the next year. Now Freddie has left the building. So, (laughs) there's no monster coming back from the dead anymore as Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. Maybe it'll be Jordan Love, but right now, and this is what I want to ask if people agree with me, 844-770-3776, the mystique of Aaron Rodgers also... When he left the building, that took the, uh, I would say, the mystique of the Green Bay Packers out with him. Like, nobody's afraid in the NFC North. Nobody's afraid of the Green Bay Packers anymore. Mm. Should we change mystique to, like, intimidation factor? Because mystique, I feel like, is very broad. Does mental edge work better, maybe? There you go. Mental edge. Yes, yeah. the yeah. mental edge that the Packers had over everyone else in the NFC North is gone. Yeah. Uh, House of D chimes in. The rest of the North is hoping domination is over. The fear is not gone, Jimmy. In a weird way, probably more because of the run could continue. Maybe from fans, House of D, but think, not from players. I think it would. I think players and fans alike would be very. I think that it would losing to the Packers. Say the Packers sweep the North, just hypothetically. I think that would affect the players' mentality as well as the fans of those other teams' mentality. But I'm talking going into right now. Yeah, like right now, looking at this season, they are either looking at the Packers as like, that's a coin flip or that's a win. There's, I don't think there's one team in the NFC North, including the Bears, that are looking at the Packers game thinking, we can't win that game. Where in 30 years prior, there's always somebody thinking that. This is the first year that nobody in the North is thinking that the Packers are a guaranteed win. Now, if the Packers... Guaranteed loss, you mean. Or, for your team, nobody nobody right now is thinking the Packers are, are a guaranteed loss yeah, for their team. a guaranteed loss for their team. So what I'm getting at is if the Packers do turn out to be the giant slayers in the North and they are the team, like Jordan Love is the guy, that's going to, that's going to rub teams and fans the wrong way even more because they thought... This this saga was over, and if it's not, if Jordan Love turns out to be the guy, and this saga is just starting back up again, just chapter three, 
it is going to get under the fans, uh, the skin of fans around the North. Absolutely. But so I see where D's saying like they might be more nervous because they the know if aren't. it doesn't work out, it's going to be worse for them. The, my point is the players aren't. The players I, are going to why the players are. The reason I say that is because we, we had yeah. that Jones guy. I know, right? Who just goes out and says, "Oh, I wish Aaron Rodgers was still there." If you come up here and you can't even beat Jordan Love, but he's not like af- you're eating crow at but that. But he's point. not afraid of it. Players aren't afraid of it. He, that's why he's talking. If he was okay. afraid of it, he wouldn't talk. Okay, he's probably he's players. Not, I'm not talking fans. Players. If they win, he's going to. They're going to backtrack players, his comments. Right, but players aren't going to be afraid of that. He's because players can control what happens. Players who talk trash have control over what's happening. So players are not clearly by the fact that he said it. He's not afraid of it. Now fans, yes, fans. We have no control. So right. fans can sit here and say, "Oh God, Jordan Love is this." But to your point, if the Packers go win the division, let's say they win 11 games. But if Jordan Love throws for 3,000 yards and 24 touchdowns and 14 picks and completes 60% of his passes and it's a dominant defense, a dominant run game, that's not terror. That's the Vikings. You're not afraid of the Vikings, right? Uh, like if Jordan Love turns into Kirk. <laughs> this year I am. <laughs> but that's because you don't have Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. So my exactly. point being is if Jordan Love turns into Kirk Cousins, that's not a reign of terror. Nobody's afraid of Kirk Cousins. You were afraid of Brett Favre. And, and realistically... It was Aaron Rodgers that dominated the North even more than Brett Favre did. Because I bet you if you went under Aaron Rodgers' window time of winning the North uh, compared to everyone else, I bet you it is more. The Packers won it more than the rest of the division uh, combined. I'll I'll look into that. So you can look into that. But Aaron Rodgers, it's not about Jordan Love being good. He could be Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr. He could be a lot of really good quarterbacks, even Dak Prescott. But none of those quarterbacks scare you. There's only a few that do it. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. I'm sure I'm missing some here, but there's not a long list. I don't think Jalen Hurts even terrifies the East right now. He has to do it longer. When did Rodgers take over 09? 08. 08, 09 My first year up here, coming back from Florida. Got it. So you can look that up, but I would say unless Jordan Love becomes one of the top five quarterbacks, top three quarterbacks in the league, the terror is not there because Kirk Cousins is a hell of a quarterback. Dak Prescott, right. hell of a quarterback. Nobody's afraid of them. They don't own their conference. I, we can't even say Jalen Hurts is there yet. Right. You can go Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I'm probably missing someone. But you can't even say jo- uh, Josh Allen if Patrick Mahomes owns the division. Well, that's not the same division. Oh, conference. Oh, that's right. Okay, conference. Because right. Packers didn't own a conference. No. No, they didn't. I mean, you can make an argument they're one of the biggest underachievers ever with the quarterbacks that they had. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always our offense, and it's not about what not in person in this building. It's about all of us, all our players, all our coaches, and how we want to attack. That was Matt LaFleur talking about uh, he's always run his offense, whether it was Aaron Rodgers or uh, Jordan Love now. And I don't disagree with I that. Mean, even if he wasn't, you can't go out there and be like, "Yeah, I let my the last quarterback push me around and call the whatever plays he wanted to." 
Like, you can't even run it back like that, even if it was the case. Not that I'm saying I don't believe Matt LaFleur. He's just never going to go out and say, I wasn't running my offense last year because Rodgers didn't want to run it. So, like, he's, he's taking some ownership of the fact that this is his team. It's always been his team. Rodgers is running a more advanced version of his offense than Jordan Love is going to be, which is probably the case. You're talking semantics. This is uh, Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light live from the Everlight Solar Studio. He's Matt Hamilton. I'm Jim Rutledge. Matt, I mean, obviously Aaron can only call plays that exist within the offense. So even if Aaron was calling plays, he's still running Matt LaFleur's offense because there's only the plays that well, Matt LaFleur sure. has drawn up. But, like, you know, when you've got total freedom to call whatever audible you want. I mean, uh, we were told, and at least I, I maybe I'm wrong on this, but I remember at some point in this Aaron rodgers LaFleur thing, he would send Rodgers out with two plays. Right. So and Rodgers had to pick based on the defense. Well, and I think that's still, in general, how this was run. Now, the, the difference between this offense and what it is run, let's say, under Jared Goff. So I would imagine the Packers' offense this year is going to look more training wheels. They're going to leave the training wheels on, very similar to what Jared Goff ran with the Rams. So not a lot of motion... No, I think motions and all that. Like Aaron is the one that didn't like motion. I'm saying that they're going to have the ball get out of. Like they're going to scheme receivers open quick and get the ball out of Jordan Love's hands fast and let the receivers try to make some plays. Yeah. And I think the beauty of this offense, which is why it's become so in vogue in the NFL, is that you can win a division, you can win some regular season games with Ryan Tannehill, Brock Purdy. Now you have to have a really strong running game and a really good defense. Uh, otherwise, you turn into the Rams towards the end with Jared Goff, like or even do with Detroit. Like, so this offense can be productive. Now, as far as winning games, that's a little bit up in the air, depending on the rest of your football team. But this offense can move the ball inside the twenties pretty easily. Uh, the difference is with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, he was running like the AP version of this offense. We saw that run with Matt Ryan, with Matthew Stafford, with Aaron Rodgers. When you have an elite quarterback in this offense, and what he's running out in New York won't be that different since it was. Previously, Mike LaFleur, now Nathaniel Hackett. It's just this offense that Aaron Rodgers is running when the, he's running it for the Packers is more the AP version of it. He can he knows where all the levers are. He can pull all the levers. He can do whatever he wants within this offense. Jordan Love is probably going to be running like a 200 version of this offense, which is what I think Tannehill probably runs, what I think Jared Goff ran. Uh, I, I think it's what a lot of these guys run. But certain quarterbacks are allowed to do things in this offense that others are not allowed to. Now, we do have a question here from the 970. Question for the host who seems to be a Bears fan. That's me, Jim Rutledge. And this isn't about the Bears because the Bears are not winning the division this year. I'm not betting. If they win the division this year, it is a surprise. The betting favorites, if you're lining it up, you're going to go with Minnesota. That's fine, Matt. If you want to go Minnesota, that's fine. I would go with Detroit. So those two are going to have the highest percentage to win. Yeah. Those are the two favorites to win the division. And then Green Bay and Chicago are... Some were considered also ran. Doesn't mean they can't do it, but it does. It's unlikely. Right. And this isn't about Chicago because Chicago, I think, is years away from being a consist a team that can consistently win the division. At least one, maybe two years away. Detroit is the team that's there right now. But he asked the question: Did I think that Rodgers was going to be as good as he did? No, but that's not what. I, it's not about me, the fan. It's about the teams right now. And I'm not saying it won't change. I'm not saying that Jordan Love won't be good. I'm saying currently. Just like Aaron Rodgers when he went 6-10 and his first year after the team went to the NFC Championship the year before, there was no mystique about Aaron Rodgers year one. Are we not talking about LaFleur anymore? No, we're moving back to oh, our original okay. topic because I don't care about LaFleur. I care about, I care about the, 
we can talk about this offense, but this offense is fine and dandy. You took away Superman out of this offense, and Superman had a lore that I think does not exist. I'm not saying Jordan Love can't get it back. I'm saying right now for this season, there's no, oh crap, we're facing Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers. Now, could it be back by year two with Jordan Love? Absolutely. Very well could be. But this year, players specifically, because they have control, are not going to think, man, i got to play a perfect game. Or coaches, when they're making when they're calling plays, and we're up seven with... Uh, we're up seven at the end of the half. Instead of just kicking the field goal and going up ten, uh, take the safe points, they might say, you know what? I'm not afraid of Jordan Love. Let's go for the touchdown. Let's go up 14. And, and even in your play calling of, hey, we can we can be a little more aggressive in our blitzes. We can be a little more aggressive in these things. So coaches can be a little more aggressive. Players can take a few more chances because they're not afraid of getting burned on the back end by Aaron Rodgers. Now, maybe Jordan Love will make them pay for that. But this season, just like year one with Aaron Rodgers, when he won six games, there was not a fear factor. That fear factor came over time with Aaron Rodgers. At the end, even last season, I think teams knew that you had to go out there and play your best damn football if you're going to beat the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And it's a different feeling when you know we go out there and play. We're in this to the end if we're playing the Packers. Or if we put them away, they're put away. When you put Aaron Rodgers away, go ask the Bears about it. You didn't put Aaron Rodgers away. Remember, they were, <laughs> kick, they were kicking the snot out of the Packers uh, the year they won the division. At halftime, Aaron Rodgers rises from the dead like, like Jason or like Freddie and comes back and slays the Bears at Lambeau Field. Yeah. That added to his mystique. He had that whole thing. He didn't have that year one. So, no, he did not carry mystique in year one. He earned his mystique. He earned his Superman status. Maybe Jordan Love gets there. But this season, it doesn't exist for the Packers. Yeah, there's a vacuum right now at uh, who, is, who is the giant slayer in the North. And there, 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 is and there isn't one. There is not not every team. It's like the idea of having a one in in the NFL. Well, it's it's unique because okay. it, there's very rarely do I feel like you can look at a division anywhere in football and say there is no team here that is like the clear cut giant uh, slayer like favorite. Like even though the Vikings and the the Lions are probably the two favorites of the four teams in the division, it's still not an easy pick between those two. And it's it, we're in a super unique spot in Green Bay. This somewhere this is uncharted territory for me, being 34 years old and only really being able to remember All Star quarterback play. So it's gonna be it's going to be a, something that's very different. But it's forget even the play. You've only known again again maybe year one or two of Aaron Rodgers. You've only known quarterbacks who did put the fear of God into other teams. Yeah. Yeah, there, like and those are to few. your point, there's only been like three seasons in my Packers fandom where I was like, ah, man, three might even be high. One or two where I'm like, uh oh, like are we the team to beat this year, or can like can we make the playoffs? Every year going in with Rodgers and Favre, you think we got it? It was that probably that first year with uh, Aaron Rodgers, and then maybe that year that they got rid of Mike McCarthy, and you're not really sure about the new coach, you're like maybe a little bit in the maybe. So I think maybe two times. But you still had Aaron Rodgers, so you still probably felt so okay. So you still about it. okay. Yeah. Yes. You're you're like still confident that you you have the talent to win. I just think that Again that it th- this that whole thing just leads me into this idea that like I know LaFleur said he was calling his plays, but even though he was running Matt LaFleur off AP offense with Aaron Rodgers because you got like this gifted, talented quarterback running your offense, 
this offense might be the same as far as like everything has been like that AP offense has grown off of this one. This is going to be a different look, regardless of what anyone says and what and what LaFleur's saying. The plays that are going to go out this year are going to look very different than they did with Aaron Rodgers. Again, it might be all within the same scheme and idea and philosophy that Matt LaFleur is trying to preach, but this is a different it's a different team, a different offense. He's got a new quarterback who's going to be helming this whole thing. There's going to be differences and I honestly Matt LaFleur is on a hot seat in in the sense that he's going to have he's got a guy who's worked in his system for 4 years and he's got Basically, full control. Everyone, I think he always, regardless of what he said, he always had that card in his back pocket that Aaron Rodgers has control of the play once he goes out on the field. Like, I give him some options, but at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers can do whatever he wants out there because he's Aaron Rodgers. This year, it's going to be Matt LaFleur. If there's a bad scheme out there, we cannot expect Jordan Love to see it and audible out of it. It's going to be on Matt LaFleur to send out the right plays, and hopefully his avatar in Jordan Love is going to be able to execute. But this is a big Matt LaFleur year. I'm not looking – I put more pressure on Matt LaFleur than uh, Jordan Love. Did the Packers lose their mental edge over the NFC North when they traded Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> right now, 72% of Packers fans say no. <laughs> Which then I would say 72, 72% of Packer fans didn't appreciate Aaron Rodgers. I just, I'm curious what they, what edge that they think we have then. That's why I'm saying that I think they don't. And, and again, that I, that's fine if you don't think Aaron Rodgers was the reason that we had a mental edge uh, going into the season, but I'd, I'd like to know what it is now. There isn't one. I mean, I'm sorry. The Packers. I'll hear it. I'm, the, I'll hear it. I'll give you this because I don't need the people getting their all feelings about the Bears part of it. The Packers, I think, are clearly viewed as third place at best in the NFC North going into this year. When was the yeah. last time that happened? Just in general, from an outside perspective. From outside perspective, like honestly, probably like 1992. And I think that's—I'm not being unfair by saying the Packers right now are viewed as the third best team in the NFC North. I would say, like, yeah. I could go back as far into the 90s. I don't even think you could say that in the 2000s that they were like third best. Right. Maybe Aaron Rodgers' first year. Detroit and Minnesota, right now, if you were trying to place a safe bet, you'd pick them to finish in front of the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I am blown away because I think it really just shows the lack of full grasp of what Aaron Rodgers brought to the Green Bay Packers. Matt, you just touched on it there with LaFleur. He brought it to the Green Bay Packers team. Matt LaFleur knew that whatever game plan I'm putting out there, whatever system I'm putting out there, I have one of the best drivers of all time to execute that system. And I'll put it like this, Matt. Is Kirk Cousins a Hall of Famer? No. Uh, Is Ryan Tannehill? No. Is Jimmy Garoppolo? No. Jared Goff? No. And these are a little tougher. Matt Ryan? Probably not. Matthew Stafford? Hold on. Matt Ryan, for not good reasons, he might make the, the NFL Hall of Fame right, for that but, epic right, but, okay. loss. Matthew, Matthew Stafford? Mm, probably not. So, all those other quarterbacks beside Aaron Rodgers were not Hall of Famers running this offense. Right. And we just listed a bunch of really good quarterbacks. And we'd be thrilled, most likely, most Packer fans would be thrilled if Jordan Love turns into any of them. Mm-hmm. The Packers had back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Jordan Love could be Jimmy Garoppolo that still takes away the mystique that the Packers had when they had Aaron Rodgers. Because nobody's afraid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Everyone is afraid in the North, 
players, let alone fans, players knew just like when you play Jordan, just like when you play uh, you know, some of the greats, Gretzky or whatever, you knew, man, this is going to be an uphill battle, even if our team is great, to beat this Packers team. Totally. Nobody feels like that with Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, any of those teams. And that's where I just want... I'm not even talking about if the Packers will be good or not. They might win the division again. But my point is, take a second to appreciate what Aaron Rodgers was. Because, geez, all we did every year I've done a show in Wisconsin is talk about how amazing Aaron Rodgers is. And then you remove him and it's like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it baffles me a little bit too. But See, the 907 continues to put this back uh, in this because he, uh, he continues, or 970 continues to focus on the Bears specifically. But I'm not talking about the Bears, I'm talking about the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings who were better than the Packers last year. Detroit has added more players. Than they had last year. They got better. Minnesota got worse, but they had a higher ceiling to come down from. So get out of your feelings. I'm not talking about the Bears. Fine. The Bears still suck. That's fine. They're fourth. <laughs> but because the Bears are still in just because the Bears are in fourth place doesn't make the Packers a team not to a be sca- feared. Yeah. I, and I don't know what they're like what our particular caller or listener is tweeting it about because... Well, he's just pointing out how they beat the Bears and the Bears are bad and all that. And that's fine. They are. The Bears yeah. stink. They have not proven that they don't stink for a very long time. Since Lovey Smith, the Bears have basically been a stinky football team. Under Lovey, they were an above-average football team. Yeah. 60% win percentage. Since then, they have stunk. But this isn't about them. If you're making it about them, you're purposely not seeing the trees to the forest because this is about Detroit and Minnesota, the two teams primed to win the division this year, the two teams prime. Realistically, if I'm crowning the new king of the north going forward, I'm looking right at Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you can't. The Packers don't have enough. There's nothing. There's not enough proven players on the Packers for me to confidently say the Packers are going to win the north this year. So I don't think that's saying that, like, there's still a mystique to playing at Lambeau. Maybe, that's different. Yes, absolutely. And, we're saying that that Rodgers factor, that that idea that going into every single game you've got a chance to win, that that teams look at the schedule and they're like, "Oh, we're going we have to play Rodgers. That is going to be a hard game." Like that mental aspect of the game that Rodgers brought for other teams and other coordinators that they had to account for Aaron Rodgers, that is gone. Yep. And that's what we're alluding to. There's still plenty of mystique and history and lore oh, yeah, behind yeah. Lambo, and people are still excited to come to Lambo. And I'm, I'm sure some people are even a little bit nervous about playing at Lambo because we do have some of the best fans in the game and the loudest and a, a fun atmosphere to play football. Like Lambo cannot be an easy place to play, especially in the winter. But that mystique of like an auto, this is going to be one of the hardest games we're going to have all season is gone. That's not something Lambeau Field itself can bring to the table. And that's all we're trying to allude to. Right? JJ Point. Yes. And again, this isn't about Lambeau Field. This is about the pack. This is about Aaron Rodgers. This is yes. about Superman. This, this is, is about a- the X factor that Aaron Rodgers brought to the field every single time. This is about losing a quarterback who arguably could be on the Mount Rushmore greatest quarterbacks of all time. Like, I wouldn't put him there, 
He, Yet, he's easily a top 10 guy. Okay, I, I don't think anybody without could argue a top 10. He might not make that top four, but he, he might, is without pot, question he's between a top like 10 player. four and seven, I would say. Most likely, yeah. Uh, JJ and Ponette chimes in. It's just Packer fans hardening in their heart because the hot girl moved on. There's no other rationale explaining why uh, we haven't lost that mental edge. Uh, and King uh, House of D chimes in. For clarity, you're saying the Bears were afraid of the Packers for the past 30 years, right, Jimmy? I love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unquestionable. Why wouldn't they be? Again, I don't think Jimmy would ever. He's never the kind of guy who is going to say something and like double back on it. He, he'll own what he says. He might be a Bear fan and you might want to believe they win, but that doesn't mean the Sundays that the Bears lined up against the Packers that you didn't think that the Bears, if they didn't play anything less than perfect, were going to lose the football yeah, it's game. It's not like they're sitting there quaking in their boots. It's just more of like when you go into a game, Matt. You know that when you're playing, let's say... If I'm playing Scotland, I we can't make any mistakes. That team is way too good. If we make a mistake, they're going to jump all over us. Right. Exact same mentality as when if I if Team Schuster were the Bears and Scotland were the Packers, if, if the Bears make any mistakes, they are losing the game to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, that's gone. Now you might think you might be able to get away with a mistake because they don't have that guy who is going to be super clutch when he needs to be and is going to take the win away from you. Yep, That's all we're getting at. Facing the, Go ask. Look, Denver had Jokic. Miami didn't. When you have a, when you have a god like that, whether it's Rodgers or Jokic the way he's playing, you know you got to go in and be perfect or you're not going to win. You know who is fantastic and who is perfect? Our good friends at Revive Restoration. That's right, because nobody plans for accidents to happen, but when they do, you can count on Revive Restoration and the Revive Pros to be professional, efficient, detail-oriented as they make things perfect again. Things like water damage, smoke damage, fire, mold, storm damage, asbestos, and a whole lot more. Revive Restoration has your home or business covered 24-7, 365 days a year. I was talking with our friend Josh Duggan, the owner of Revive Pros and Revive Restoration, and he was telling me about businesses that have accidents, like 60% of them don't make it the next year. Don't let that happen to you. If you've got any of these issues with your home or business, you can call Revive Pros or Revive Restoration, and they will get you back on track and get your home or business to 100% fast and efficient, just the way you'd like it. Call Revive Restoration. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Richard Hamilton, live from the Everlight Solar Studio, presented by Coors Light. He's Matt Hamilton. I'm Jim Rutledge. Uh, you can get into the show, 844-770-3776. And we're asking the question, have the Packers lost their, basically, their invincibility, uh, their mental edge over the NFC North? Uh, right now, 66% of you say, no, the Packers have not lost their mental edge over the NFC North. This isn't yeah, we have. we don't have one of those 66% calling to tell us why they think we still have the edge. That's all. I, I, I don't care if you believe it. You can believe that. 
but tell me why. Like, give me your thought. Let me into your head. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. I'll just give you the reverse of it, Matt. You've done the show with me for over a year now. I've been on the air for a long time. There's definitely seasons where I get excited about the Bears, but for the most part, you've not really heard me talk excitedly, nor should I, about what the Chicago Bears could do in I the mean, North. Yeah, you've, the most excitement you've had is about players in general, not right. necessarily the team and their record. Right, and I've said it before, like I've hardened my heart about the Bears beating the Packers. I do not think in past years that could happen. Do I think, look, we'll have a lot of fun this year listening if I get my heart broken. This year, it's a different feeling. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yes, the Bears can beat the Packers. Now, do I think the Bears are going to win the division? Absolutely not. I think the Bears and the Packers are going to be two teams fighting it out at the bottom of the division. But I do think the Bears can win this division. I do like their trajectory. I've been burned a million times on it. But you know why I've been burned a million times on it? Because they never figured out the quarterback. Yeah. You know how many times? And that's the story of most NFL teams. And look, I'm not rooting for that for the Green Bay Packers. I'm not. I'm just saying that I know what it's like not to have that mystique. And for every time you love to make fun of Detroit and Chicago specifically, because Minnesota's figured it out enough. I mean, Kirk Cousins is good enough to get you to the playoffs. Yeah. And look, honestly, that's where Aaron Rodgers has been for the last decade. Good enough to get you to the playoffs, maybe win a game. Yeah. So the difference is like one playoff win between each year between Cousins and, and Rodgers. But when you don't have that guy, your, your consistency is out the window, and it's hard to to win a division or consistently compete in a division. So I know what it's like, but yes, when the Packers hit Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, did I ever go into those games feeling like the Bears were definitely going to win those games? No. How could you? Now, do I feel like they could have had a chance or maybe a a 50-50 shot? Or maybe they felt like they let it go. Right, or or even a 60-40, and then one of those guys, that's what Rodgers and Favre and Mahomes and those other ones do. That even when the Bears had a better football team, those guys covered it up. And yeah. maybe Jordan Love gets there. But my point is, right now, no team in the NFC North and or fan base. Now, there's residual you know, PTSD right. from it, but no fan base is saying, can't beat Jordan Love. Right. And that's the one guy, more than any other position in football, is the quarterback position. They might be saying that a year or two years from now. I'm just saying right now, they're not saying that. We're going to play Minute to Win It. In a minute, I want to tell everyone about my friends at Canopy Wealth Management. At Canopy Wealth Management, they take the time to truly get to know and understand the dynamics of your your values, goals, and plans for your family. No family fits a generic mold, and neither should your financial plan. At Canopy, their clients' financial goals are something they're constantly striving to help reach maximal potential, which is why they work solely in your best interest. You define your goals, and they work towards making them happen with their comprehensive financial planning. Go to canopy-wealth.com to get started with them today. That's canopy-wealth.com. And right now, we'll go in honor of we'll go in honor of four and twelve. No, no, no. Uh, okay, okay. I was gonna say because we had alluded to it, we have um, fifteen division wins in the Rodgers and Favre era. We have seven. Let's do count, let's do count we have seven for Brett and eight for Rodgers. Ryan, your choice. I four like seven and, and eight. Seven and eight. Seven All right. and eight is easy on me. All right. <laughs> Uh, Ryan doesn't like to count, folks. So no, right no, no. now, uh, caller number seven and caller number eight, 
Caller number seven and caller number eight, eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. You're both entered to win that fifty dollar gift card from our friends at North and South Sea from the Smokehouse. And if you pick the right person to win, you'll get that fifty dollar gift card for a minute to win it. Again, caller number seven and caller number eight, eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Caller number seven and caller number eight. You're both qualified to win that fifty dollar gift card from North and South Sea from the Smokehouse. And if you pick the right person to win a minute to win it. You'll win that $50 gift card. 844-770-3776. Caller number seven and caller number eight. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light, a finalist for Best of Madison Radio Team. Vote at channel3000.com. People really like this show. See for the Smokehouse, the official official barbecue joint of Rutledge and Hamilton. Also has uh, some great uh, crab legs. I know Matt Hamilton, I think, said they went there on Tuesday of last week to get some amazing crab legs from our good friends at North and South Seafood and Smokehouse. It's in the name, Seafood and Smokehouse. So whether you want some great seafood or some great barbecue from their Smokehouse, there are three locations, the Forest, Madison, and Verona. And you can carry out, uh, you can dine in, or you can have it delivered, and you also can do catering. I've done all, and they're doing a free food Friday for us on Friday, so we've all had their catering here. On Sunday last week, I went to the AmFam Championship in Verona on my way home. I said, I'm going to treat the family. Ooh. So here's what I did. So the kids love the pulled pork from our friends at North and South Sea from the Smokehouse. It's not on the kids' menu. So what I did is I ordered the pulled pork dinner, more than enough for the kids, with some Texas toast that comes with it, and I got them two sides. So then that was their meal with leftovers, by the way. And then my wife loves the brisket. She got the brisket sandwich. And then I got a brisket sandwich. The name of it has escaped me, but it had blue cheese and it had bacon and it had a smoky, or I think, yeah, smoky barbecue sauce on it, too. Oh, man. Amazing. So, and we had a sweet potato french fries. That's just Ooh. my recommendation, but that, all that stuff was fantastic over out at North and South Seafood Smokehouse in Verona. Is when I went through there's three locations. We're going to play Minute to Win It, and uh, someone's going to win 50 bucks towards any of those locations. Are you on Team Rutledge or Team Hamilton? I don't want to pick sides. This is the Minute to Win It, presented by North and South Seafood and Smokehouse, with three locations in Madison, DeForest, and Verona. Yeah, I got to say, I've never been disappointed when I had something from North and South. Whenever we get free food Friday, absolutely delicious. But team who has been disappointed recently, and many teams disappointed for a while now, are some of the teams in the NBA who have the longest championship drought. So, I bring this up because the Denver Nuggets obviously just won the finals, and they were one of the 10 teams with the longest championship droughts in the NBA. So, now who are the 10 teams who have the longest active droughts in the NBA? So, I'll go ahead and start the timer right now, Jim, if you understand. You understand this? All right. All right, we'll go ahead and start right now. I'm going to go with the Clippers. Clippers are one of them, correct? Pistons? Pistons are not. Remember, okay. they won in 2004. That's Well, that's a long time still, so I didn't know how, okay, how far well, back it was. Okay, either. well, the Clippers had a 53-year drop. I'll okay. tell you that. All righty, so we're going to look at, uh, well, what about the Suns? The Suns are on there, correct. All righty. And let's look at the Jazz. The Jazz are also on the 49-year drought for yes. the Jazz. So let's look at the Kings. The Kings are the longest, 72 years. Back right. when they were the Royals still. The Kansas wow. City Royals. Or so, not Kansas City. I can't okay. even remember. All right. Uh, then let's look at the out east there. The Knicks. 
The Knicks are up there. Yep, haven't won since 73, 50 years. All right, what about the 76ers? 76ers, oh, sorry for that. They are not on the list, actually. You have two incorrect. 40-year drought for the Sixers. All righty, so continue to look out west. Who am I missing there? You've got five so far. you got ten seconds. All right, so out west... Warriors got a title of Kings. The what are some other bad teams? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City was not on there. They were number eleven on okay. the active droughts. They had forty-four year drought. But okay. you got five of the top six. No, can I get one, can I well. get one more in here because you were talking? Give me the history. Okay, Minis- okay. Minnesota. Minnesota not in there either. Okay, they haven't been around long enough. Okay, has a franchise. Oklahoma City has. Oh, they went from Seattle. Yeah. They went from Seattle. Yeah, because they won as the Sonics back okay. in the day. Yeah, Alrighty. no. righty, five. All right. Five out of the top six, though. So, I mean, whatever extra credit that gives you for yourself, I don't know. I mean, a little more satisfaction that way. Where is Matt Hamilton? Is no, he we'll, out there? we'll flag down Matt Hamilton right now. Mr. NBA Matt Hamilton. I like his chances. Oh, I like he, his chances. Oh, oh yeah. yeah I, I know Matt Hamilton is Mr. NBA. That's why I picked this segment, after all. Yeah. Alex okay. Shroff distracting him out there. Oh, perfect. What's going on? Why, what's Alex doing there? Put your Turn your microphone on. Uh, G uh, had distracted me. Me and him were talking. I've my, I've got a. You're gonna call me old. My back hurt this morning, <laughs> so he helped me crack my back. G's a young man, so I can understand that uh, he. Get the jingle. <laughs> what's that? Why is that's weird? You getting a phone call? What's going on? <laughs> that was me calling. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Pocket dial. Classic. Oh, but oh. it said sneakers. Uh, yeah, so I called our Facebook group. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> oh, old man, Matt Hamilton can't figure it yeah, out how right? to work the phone. What? <laughs> how old is Matt Hamilton? Yeah, my back hurts His and I pocket dial. <laughs> well, hey, here's the thing. I've been, FaceTime, I've been a notorious pocket dialer my entire cell phone career. I've been, a, like, with the best of them. My pocket loves to call people. All right, well, your advanced age might help you with, with <laughs> this week's segment. So... We are doing, since the Denver Nuggets won the NBA Finals, they were one of the oh, 10 no. teams with the longest active championship droughts. Okay. Now they are obviously no longer. It's actually the second year in a row that a team came out of the top 10 of longest active droughts, the Bucks being the other yeah. team. So today we'll be doing the 10 longest active NBA championship droughts. NBA. NBA uh. after the Nuggets won the finals on Tuesday. No. So mad. <laughs> are you ready? Sounds like you're ready. Uh. <laughs> All right, your time starts now. Timberwolves. Incorrect. They are not on the list. Haven't been around long enough. Oh, been around- oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so now I got to think of some teams that have been around for a minute and also haven't won a championship for a while. Uh, and you have one minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Phoenix Suns? They, they are on the list. Well oh, done. thank goodness. Um, They're number three on the list with... 55 years. L.A. Kings. Uh, the L.A., the hockey team? Oh, no, 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 no. Kings. Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Sacramento Close. Kings. Close. California Kings. Are the longest at 72 massive. years. Um, 30 seconds. That's, uh, do, do we count teams that moved cities? Yes. So I can say, like, the Supersonic slash OKC? You can, but they are not in the top 10. They're uh, 11, actually. Uh, oh, okay, there's two. Um, I'm sure Jim got a ton of these. And, yeah, 10 seconds. Uh, long droughts. The Nets? They are on there. They are number eight. 47 um, years. Uh, let's Get one more. Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte also haven't been around long enough. Okay. They have a 35-year drought, but they are 13 on this list. Is so the, is the, Was the Magic on the list? 
the Magic also haven't been around long. The, the expansion teams, none of them. Really? Are, like so Memphis, got, Orlando, the Hornets. Of, I kind none of, of them thought on the, the Magic might have won it when they had O'Neal or Dwight Howard for a little bit. So I, I just no. avoided them. So and I, then, yeah, go I got ahead. five out of the. I got five out of ten. I got five out of top six. So I'm curious what the other ones are. So me getting the Nets at eight was new. Yeah, I, I did you. not get. Okay. Yeah, I did not get the Nets. No, Jim did not get the Nets, but he did get. You guys both got number one, the Sacramento Kings, and then number two is the Atlanta Hawks, sixty-five uh, years. Number three, Phoenix Suns, fifty-five years. The Clippers, a fifty-three year drought. Which I got that one. The Knicks, fifty-year drought. Utah Jazz, forty-nine. Oh, the 49. Knicks didn't win one with Patrick Ewing. No, no, that's no. the whole story. They never get past Jordan. Yep, Jim's guy. Oh, I thought yeah. I didn't say the Knicks basically specifically I, because I was like Ewing won one. I got a ton of the ones where Jordan killed their dreams. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> so, uh, the Jazz are on that list, the Knicks are on that the list. The Jazz were six. The, the Pacers Suns, were seven. The Suns took them out too, and the Pacers. I forgot the Pacers because that was another one. The Pacers couldn't get by Jordan. Yeah. Yep. The Pistons won one, right? The Pistons won in 04. Jim okay. guessed them, actually. I forgot because I, I was yeah, going I wasn't going to throw that out. I, yep. felt like, I felt like the Pistons had one. I, okay. I was thinking of the bad boy The Pistons. final two teams, well, the final three were the Brooklyn Nets at eight, then the Portland Trailblazers, and the Washington Wizards. Wizards, 45 years since they won a championship. All right, so who won? Oh, yes. <laughs> then the caller who won yeah. was Eric from Green Bay. And picked Jim. Picked first. Jim. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that That's a Jim category as much as I'm Mr. NBA. I'm Mr. Like, current NBA, mm-hmm. not old NBA. I didn't, I I didn't want to make last... it to NBA because like, obviously I know that bias I is I thought you were going to but... go all franchises. Like, when you started this conversation, I was thinking, like, Buffalo Bills, like, oh, Vikings. No, no. I was thinking, like, longest franchises like longest like drought in north like, american sports milwaukee brewers right like the longest droughts in general i was ready for that i i, I was not i kind of wanted to come back and you just give it to him and see how he does on that one. Oh dude, no dude, dude. <laughs> you, I, no i don't think i would do good but that's what i was like mentally preparing for and then when you limited it to the okay, nba so was, you're more current nba give us the last five nba champions uh, well, the Bucks are in there. You've got the Nuggets. You've got the Heat. You've got the Lakers, and you got Toronto. The Heat did not do it. Last five. Yeah, the Heat, the Heat was did in. not win. They were in. Oh, two they of the lost past the five finals. finals to the Lakers. That's right. So I've got four. Who's the fifth? You one? You just said it. What? The Lakers. Yeah. Okay. They, they, yeah. Okay. I, so I had four. I was Bucks, Nuggets, okay. Lakers. I said the Heat, which is wrong, but then there's the Toronto Raptors. Who is the fifth one? I'm trying to go back and think of it. California. Lakers again? Come on. Who? No, I. I oh, Golden Be, State. Yes. Oh my God, <laughs> Golden State. <laughs> this is Roger Hamilton. <laughs> my course, like. 